Listen, guys, this is Required Watching, where we watch the essential films from lists of cinematic influencers and look at them through the lens of learning about filmmaking and how to move forward. I'm Trey. I'm Danny. Listen, Dan, I, I, I was going to do this in the cold open, but I forgot. But what's his name? Martin Scorsese released X amount of films that he thought every every filmmaker should watch. And every now and again, he, do, he, like, he does this thing where it's like, like these are movies that I stand by. But... But these movies were really interesting, like a mix of old and new, like Hereditary, not Hereditary, what's the other one? Midsummer was on there. Oh my gosh, uh, Rebel Without a Cause was on there. Like a, a couple that, that we that we were already watching and I was like, oh yeah, like that's, it's kind of cool that he, that like we're on a good track because I think like those two films specifically, <coughs> I mean Midsummer we didn't watch, but like Rebel Without a Cause, I thought it was interesting that I, like we, we enjoyed it. We enjoyed it a lot, but yeah, it's good, it good to know that other directors are, are creating lists where we're kind of on these lists and yeah anyways listen what are we talking about today we're talking about an old one today like really old, old. and like an animated so one old. sort and of an animated one an american animated one which I, I i feel like we haven't done before but i could be wrong also it's um, a con- concert movie music video our first music video <laughs> I mean, it's essentially several music videos in one <laughs> we're talking about 1940s Fantasia, or is it Walt Disney's Fantasia, or just Fantasia? Fantasia. Um, this is a Walt Disney film. I believe I read that it's the third animated film that they had. You're not going to recognize anyone, but of course, the, like Mickey Mouse is in it, and it's essentially two hours of the Philadelphia Orchestra playing. And like literally, the the description is a collection of animated interpretations of great works of Western classical music. Dan, you picked this film. You? I've seen this before. Blaming. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. show your hand at what your what your verdict is going to be? Um, no, sorry, I probably shouldn't have said that. I should have. I came in hot. I apologize. I, I apologize. <laughs> here's the thing. Just like based on my when we here's the thing. We watched two films this week, and yeah. one of them I thought was really really good, and we'll talk about that later. And then, like, I watched that, yeah, and, then I watched, and then, like, for the first time, I watched The Five Bloods. And after coming off those two movies and then watching this, I felt ripped off in terms of, like, my two hours. Oh, damn. Um, it didn't feel like a nice respite, a nice, like, did. breath of fresh air. <laughs> this is, no, but the, I have conflicting feelings about Fantasia. And, like, as I watched it this week, it's, it's, I can't believe they made a movie with classical music that is so loved like decades later which which is not sarcasm like i love i love classical music so like i'm like this is amazing but then the other side of me is like i really just want a story to grip onto that's longer than you know whatever the mickey mouse one was or like the dinosaurs one was really good i wanted something a bit longer in terms of story that does not say that story did not exist in this film i I just wanted i think i wanted again after watching those two movies what i wanted was more narrative yeah at the same time this is a fucking classic that cannot be denied see that's why i loved it that's why i haven't seen this probably i don't know 15 years at least like i haven't seen this since i was a kid but i remember liking it as a kid but i only remember the sorcerer's apprentice section me me too so everything else is just added bonus and just visual like candy but yeah i think if you go into it wanting a narrative movie 
That's probably yeah, I wasn't gonna get it. And, and, I, and I never was gonna get it. But again, that does not mean like I, I again I'm coming off of like a really salty two movies that were honestly great. But I think there's something to say about this movie that is of interest for today, right? It's I guess the best way to call it is a musical. Like I I really don't know what you would call it. It's I think I think this movie did what Hamilton did. Oh, that's, that's a crazy comparison I'm about to draw. I think this movie did what Hamilton did, did decades later, which was bringing, bringing something that was fairly hard to get, as in the classical music. Like, if you're going to classical music, you had to be of a certain, like, socioeconomic background. You had to, like, be able to afford it. <laughs> it's, a, like, a black tie affair. At least that's my interpretation of what it was then. I know even going, like, to Lincoln Center, it's, it's a big deal. Like, you don't just go with $10 tickets you're paying. Mm. some cash and i think what they did like they brought that into like the home and made it interesting and like i i don't think it was like i think that the conductor i forget his name was like like all the images are things you would are things you would close your eyes and imagine if if you were at, if you were at the theater or something like this and i thought yeah. that's probably the best introduction to a movie that has no words i've ever like heard. he pretty much said this movie is just vibes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> just chill out, listen to music, and watch it. <laughs> I think it's pretty amazing. I mean, like, even like that, that YouTube channel of like lo fi hip hop, essentially nothing is happening. I was like, yo, I fucking, I dig this. I dig but this it, so much. It does so much. It does so much. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, definitely on that. And I'm like, this is, this is really amazing because how often do we hear, how often do we have people in general listening to classical music, let alone being able to put like, you know, these animated stories to them? I think we, we easily remember, what is it called? The Sorcerer's Apprentice, the mm-hmm. Mickey Mouse one? <clears throat> because wasn't the Sorcerer's Apprentice of, of like a, a feature film as well? Didn't they end up? Uh, well, yeah, it's based on like a story or a novel or something. No, no, but like, but like when they did. Didn't they, didn't they draw out the Sorcerer's, the Sorcerer's Apprentice for Mickey Mouse? Or am I just completely imagining that? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to look it up. But, like, even, even then, like, you go, to, you go to Disneyland or, like, you see that hat, and that's all you need to know. Like, e- like everything else just clicks into to gear, which I think is oh, yeah. really... I, I think it's really even, telling of... Even like, some of the other ones, even, like, the finale with those big demon guys, the second he came on screen, yeah. I was like, oh, I remember this one. I remember watching this when I was little. I think the biggest draw of Fantasia for me is the fact, like you said earlier, that it's the third Disney movie, yeah. and they did a two-hour <laughs> classical music video collection right after Snow White and Pinocchio. Those were the first two, right? So I, I wonder. Yeah, so that's a, that's like a big contextually in that time. That's huge. I mean, even now, if they made a two-hour classical performance collection companion piece, even it now would be weird. But for 1940 to make an animated one, that's that's ballsy. I read, I read, I believe I read that the like it was losing money. Like it was an initial roadshow, and of course, like we're at war at the time, and. Like they were just losing money on this whole thing, Fantasia as a whole, and like it, like, like you said, we know Pinocchio. Like first of all, I think in twenty twenty one, whatever year we're in, is Pinocchio still taught? Like, do people still know? Like Pinocchio was such a big de- deal in my childhood, and maybe I, I, I don't know why. Like, like Disney 
had Pinocchio. There's a John Jonathan Taylor Thomas version of Pinocchio, which is creepy as all hell. And like, I remember getting like books as a kid, and like I had had stories of Pinocchio and like other fairy tales and stuff like that. But like, yeah, Jiminy Cricket Snow, was everywhere. <laughs> Jiminy Cricket, but like Snow White. Everyone knows Snow White again. Another cl- another classic, and of course Pinocchio is classic. But yeah. It's really funny that this ended up not being as successful earlier on and ended up being one of those bangers in the end. Yeah, now it's like a, like a, a tentpole for Disney. Like even... So we're, yeah, go on. What are we, 61 years later? Yeah. Did I do my math right? Yeah. <laughs> even 61 years later, it's like almost baffling what it even is, let alone like the actual content of it. I, 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 I don't know how you would describe this, if I'm being honest. I, I, how would you get a kid to, to, like right now, 2021, how would you get a kid to sit down and watch Fantasia? Like, listen, <laughs> listen here, Johnny. You're going to watch some. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't lead with the classical music. <laughs> you know what classical music is, Johnny? We're going to introduce you to that right now, and there will be no words spoken besides from the conductor every now and again. <laughs> Do you just want to see some flowers dance? Some hippos do ballet. Uh, How do you not love hippos doing ballet? You know what? You know what I think is actually magical about Disney is that they can make something at least, especially earlier on, right? Right? Like they do this now, but especially earlier on, they made like the most inanimate objects seemingly do the most amazing things, and you like you're aware that you're watching animation, but you're like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Well, like the dinosaur thing, like this each section stand on its own because it's so captivating Mm. and you forget what you're even watching, Like you're not completely transfixed by it, but you forget that it's part of a two hour classical music concert and you're just focused on, Oh, I'm just watching sugar plums dance to the nutcracker suite. (laughs) Like, you know, like you lived in LA for a bit, right? The Hollywood Bowl. Sorry, I couldn't think of the name. Like, 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 like now you would go to the Hollywood Bowl and see classical music, but you know, it's like even more popular in the 21st century of like full orchestras playing to like movies and everything else. And <laughs> like, you can do this right now, and I'm sure they do it like every year, where you could do the orchestra playing this and having the visuals on the screen, and it's essentially like some drive-in movie. It's just like you know what I mean. It's essentially yeah. the movie, and you're not missing a single thing. Uh, except being able to hear these people play live, which I'm sure would be incredible. You know how when you hear, I was listening to a video, I was watching a video, and they had, it was like, oh, like these great hip-hop samples. Like, here's this song, and it's an old song, and they're like, here's a new song. And every every now and again, when they flip back, I was like, oh my gosh, like, it sounds so, di- like, it sounds so different, <laughs> which makes no sense. Like, that's the whole point of, of a sample and making it a new thing. But I wonder if, like, when they play it live, if there are any like new flourishes, like like our instruments like, newer yeah. now, or like twiddle of the flute, and you're like, ooh, right. he's that's a, that's a bit off script, but I like it. <laughs> Unstoppable. <laughs> Is this what Soul's all about? A, a Disney movie, Soul. Uh, a rogue Fantasia yeah. musician. <laughs> I I'd, I'd, I'd get with that. You know, I, I was gonna text you while we were watching this film and say, just a reminder don't watch Fantasia 2000 because I actually thought it was the same, same movie. Yeah. I remember there being a sequel. I don't remember much from the actual movie itself, but I started watching it after I was done with Fantasia and I was like, Oh, they didn't really hide any of the subtleties that are in Fantasia. 
or they got rid of all the subtleties. Like, I think what makes Fantasia so great is that it disguises what it is as like, oh, fun cartoons. And yeah, the Disney company at the time just kind of flexing their animation skills, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fantasia 2000 is like, nah, we're just going to give you some cool visuals. We're not going to try to front like it's anything else. <laughs> And who is Hans Zimmer? No, Hans. Why did I say Hans Zimmer? I'm looking at something else to say Hans. It's based on a Hans Christian Andersen book story, the Fantasia. Oh. That's what Wikipedia says. I don't know how, how true it is. I haven't seen it, so whatever. I remember there's dancing whales in it. Or like flying yeah. whales in the sky. That's all uh, I really yeah, remember from Fantasia. Um, see, I, I love, I, just generally speaking, because we, I, again, I'm not sure if we ever did any Disney movie, which is a shame because we need to do more. But like a lot of the earlier starts of Disney was just basing it on like fairy tales that Disney didn't mm-hmm. even own or like public domain stories and all this stuff. And I think it's really interesting that like they built up like slowly but surely they built up this career <laughs> like exclusively for the, you know, the child audience on like, like brothers, like Snow White is a brother's grim story. Right, like, mm-hmm. how, I, like that's that takes such imagination, let alone the actual technical st- skill to to reinterpret that into an uh, into an animation. Yeah, it just made me think about like I watched in South by Southwest this year. I watched a a Romeo and Juliet like reimagining, and it was very similar. It was it was similar to like the is it Lars Berman Berman who did the I am screwing up this up. What's his name? Uh, who did the one in 2096 with Romeo, with, uh, oh, Leo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I said it right. Cool. It was kind of like that feel where like almost all the dialogue was ripped from like the, the script because it's public domain, but it had like these, like these little twists and turns and, and it, like, they still made it very 21st century and had like these, like it wasn't strict to the script, but, so like they just took some liberties here and there, and I was like, yo, that's really how you adapt something to make to make it not stale and make it appealing. And it was really good. It was actually kind of like a mix of like a screen movie where a lot of it played on like social media, like Instagram mm. and lives and all that. It was really fun. Yeah, adaptation. I think Sorry. this is funny because now you see movies and everyone complains that there's no original movies. Everything's like a remake right. or a reboot or right. reimagining. But it's like, no, it's always been like that. They were just yeah, basing it off true. of different things. Yeah. Right, exactly. I mean, but that, but that's, I think that's like, again, that's a genius. I think, I think. People in the 40s were like, another Hans Christian Andersen? Where are all the original ideas? Come on, Disney. No, I'm pretty sure they were like, I have no money to go to a movie because my family's poor and the war. Yeah, they're like, it's a talking picture? Incredible. The technology these days like we'll continue to talk about because of things like avatar 2 coming out and you remember when 3d was a thing like remember when 3d was like really a thing and now like they tried to make it everything everything was I don't, know, I don't know how many 3d glasses i tried to fit over my normal glasses <laughs> no word honestly it's unfair it's unfair no one's talking about it <laughs> we need to make a the technology. i'm waiting for like 
the first virtual reality movie theater was just a bunch of idiots in a in a movie theater with virtual like VR glasses over the head. No, that would be cool. I, I thought- you you could do that at home. <laughs> hey, sir, you may want to sit your ass down. I actually would do that if there was a movie where it was fully interactive and it was two hours, not interactive, but like I can like like three sixty and everything yeah. immersed me in it. I, would I, you want to go to a theater I, and do that? I feel like I would just stay in my room. No. No, I'd, I'd, I'd need to stay in my room. I need to stay in like my own comfortable space with, with, you know, the inability to, you know, not see around me. I need to be in a safe space. They give you a little air freshener that smells like movie theater popcorn just to complete the experience. <laughs> I, I need that. I mean, that's kind of like what Disney has, not to bring it back. That's what Disney has in like the 40 theaters when like the chairs are rumbling and they throw, they, like mist is all in your face and. See, imagine seeing Fantasia in a 4D theater when the when the water's rising and the Sorcerer's <laughs> Apprentice just splashing you left and right. I feel so confident that is one of the rides. Like not one of the rides, but like you sit in the theater and like that like that uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice plays during it. And yeah, it's like spray water at you. And you know, it's it's great. I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> Actually, seriously, me too. Dan, I have nothing else for this film. Because like nothing really happened, so I don't have anything to Yeah, it's hard to this. go over like plot or story i didn't think it was a waste of two hours i never said it was a waste of two hours. did i say that did i happen to say that 20 minutes no ago? no i just don't think so i'm not saying you said um, anything no i i expressed my disappointment in what i received because of my personal expectations however you know what? i'm just gonna get into this Dan. i thought i think it's important for all the reasons that we just discussed about adaptation and and like almost like a sensory overload without it having to be this traditional like movie and being able to bring outside influences into a movie and being able to, honestly, you love this movie because it, it transported you time and time again into what people like what I exactly what I was just complaining about, which is like, it's not, it's not like, I didn't say it's not a real movie, but like, it's not a traditional movie. It's not like, it's not giving me what I expect. And I, I, I feel the exact same way. And I think you can only as much as we, I personally love Miyazaki. Like, I, I love that I discovered Miyazaki because of this podcast. But I, 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 definitely, I definitely stand with, like, Walt Disney all day long, especially in these earlier films. So I'm going I'm to say straight up, I think, I think it's a required watch. And I think there's a lot to learn from a movie like this. It may be, it may be like the equivalent of a really dense te- textbook that you may not always get. But I think once you really dig down and understand what it's about and what it's doing for its audiences, despite the time period that we're in, you should be able to see that those are, those are the kind of influences you want to bring into your film to, to be, again, simply be able to transport your audience in, and transport your audience and understand the importance of music. And that dialogue was not at all a highlight. So like we got rid of dialogue altogether, but music sits strong and you, you understood and you felt everything. I think if you didn't have any, I, I agree with what the conductor said in the beginning, if you didn't have any visuals and you just had the music, you, you could definitely imagine the stuff that was going on on screen. So it was certainly an auditory, auditory experience that just kind of, you know, amazed me personally. Yeah, there's, there was one moment where I closed my eyes and I was imagining a crocodile trying to have sex with the elephant. And then I woke up, and it was happening right in front of me. What a yeah! I definitely think yeah they were they were weird back then. I'm not gonna look too much into some of these animations. I agree. This is definitely required, if only for like a history lesson. 
like contextually yeah. this as the third Disney movie and what it tried to accomplish. But also I think the fact that it's split up into these little segments lends itself to, like you said, being treated like a textbook where you don't necessarily have to watch the whole two hours in one clip. You could yeah, break it up and kind of pick and choose. And cause I think each segment has unique strengths. Like the sources of, Sorcerer's Apprentice is very much a clean narrative, whereas some of the other ones are kind of just, for lack of better words, just vibes. Yeah, true. So I think it it has it has things that you can pick and choose separate from story, music, visuals, yeah. animation, how to captivate the audience with not much. Way to go, Disney! Sixty one years later. Still loving it. I really hope someone's giving them props. You know, they're a, <laughs> they're a flailing independent company. Yeah, I hope they're uh, I hope they're doing all right. Oh wait, <laughs> really quick. How about the racism disclaimer at the beginning? Did you get that on your whatever version I, you want? I can't. Yeah, I was gonna say I cannot confirm or deny that I got that message, but that's really funny that it exists. I it's, yeah, it's right at the beginning. Sure. It was like the. There are certain things in this movie that are, it's pretty much like they're product of their time. Like they don't represent us, but we're not going to get rid of them either. Cause it's like historically, it'd be historically inaccurate. Yeah, exactly. I mean, listen again, we can, we can film, we, we can record a completely separate episode on our opinions of this. Cause I, I, I have a strong point and it's that I don't fucking care, but I, I, well, also, I don't that, it'd be interesting. remember. I mean, I'm a white guy, so I don't, probably am not perceptive of certain transgressions as much as other people. But I don't think I really picked up on anything that was like overtly questionable or racist. I honestly, I can't say I did either. And maybe, maybe that's because I was just simply enjoying myself. And it's, it's a credit to the ignore racism. They should put that on the poster when they re-release it. Hold on. Now I have to look it up. Maybe some of the I, cartoons. Uh, Looked a little. It's definitely some of the cartoons. It's oh, I, it was the it was the whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm not gonna ruin it. Listen, let's just end this. For <laughs> Listen, thanks. Yeah, find out for yourself if you're interested. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, help us out and support the podcast by sharing it with other people and posting about it on social media. And make sure you leave a rating and a review it. Um, if you want to catch up with us on the social media, you can catch the show at Required Watch on the internet. And you can catch me at Trey.Eps on Instagram and Trey.Eps on Twitter. Then I am Danny Tavener everywhere. Um, listen, it's been a hell of a time. So until next week, laters. Bye.